The views of the guests and hosts of the BIPOC Academic Coalition are solely their own, unless otherwise specified, and in no way represent the institutions they may be associated with or work for. Kwabo, Menchile, Midesuno ena chite, lo Midesuno u, wona fuamailo benapabi. Christine. Yes, good morning. Welcome to uh, our podcast. Thank you, and welcome to you, our host. And, and do, you, do you remember the name of this podcast? It is the BIPOC <laughs> Academic Coalition Podcast. I was worried that. Uh, it was too early in the morning and my mind would go blank, so I thought I'd turn to you <laughs> instead so you'd be able to say it. <laughs> and do you remember the topic? <laughs> I, I remember the topic, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, in a moment, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to remember the name of this podcast compared to our other podcast. <laughs> but as always, I'm going to ask everybody to go into this conversation with the same kind of confidence that a, that a very, um, you see, I've totally forgotten my brain. My mediocre. brain is gone. Thank you. That <laughs> <laughs> a mediocre white man does when he enters a room and speaks to everybody. Okay, I want you to go into it with that same kind of confidence. I'm going to take a little sip of coffee right now. I'm just uh, waiting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, I'm just going to, um, uh, there's so many interesting things for us to talk about. So uh, we are going to be, again, continuing the conversation about uh, Palestine and Israel and the responses that's happened at universities and what kind of trickle effect that that has had on uh, society at large um but you know it, it, as we communicate with each other there's always interesting conversations that come up um i'm once again i note that uh, ma is much better dressed than i am um i'm in a sweatshirt and uh he's wearing a beautiful turtleneck that matches with his jacket um i think that at one point we need i, I would love to have that conversation because, um, you know, as somebody who is an Iranian immigrant to Canada, I know that the way I dressed was was really something I had to think about uh, when I started to go higher and higher and higher education. Now, I, I think that that I mean, that that is something that's been studied. I'd love to hear you know other people's opinions on it. I will note, though, that uh, Abdullah had a moment of um, great honesty with me a couple of days ago. Abdullah, do you remember what you said to me? We were talking about communication. I uh, know. You don't remember what you said? No. Abdullah said, and I'm not quoting him, but it's pretty close to what he said. <laughs> For sure he said he apologized. And he said, I'm sorry to say this. Uh, now, do you remember what you said, Abdullah? <laughs> what you texted me? I'm going to check. <laughs> Going through everything. 
He goes, I'm sorry to say this. That's very important. I'm sorry to say this, but you talk like a white person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and definitely... That is something that we so, so, we need to discuss. That we have to at some point. <laughs> so you return it to me. You Emmy, you dress like a white person. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, no. Let me let me tell you about my dress. Yeah, you this know, sweater <laughs> is uh, minimally twenty five years old, and this jacket. Yes. I have it uh, since. Uh, 1992 taken so, from taken from a revolutionary comrade so, in benin and, uh, i dressed like this i changed actually uh, how i dressed because i i put on uh, a shirt and i was cold so i told myself no 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 let me go back and uh, that's how i ended up uh, I, it, it's dressed. it's it's absolutely a conversation that, that we need to have because it's true. I mean, I, I know that I modified and I changed how I how how I dressed, um, yeah. you know, not not like I'm not talking about uh, in the 1970s, whenever we come back from Iran and my mom would have me dressed up as Aladdin. And it's a true story. Every time I would start school <laughs> for school photos, and I have evidence of it, quite frankly. I love those photos. Yeah, but we, we have to have that conversation at some point. But that's not what we're talking about. I, I, yes, I want to I want to tell an anecdote <laughs> about dressing, actually. Do you know that one colleague of Glendon College mm -hmm. told me that was in July uh, 2020, sometime, yes, that, oh, I know this, yeah. that he, he has no problem because every time uh, the weather is good, uh, I always dress uh, with my African clothes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to go to work. And he, this guy had uh, the audacity of telling me, oh, you know, I mean, me, I have no problem the way you dress, but uh, let me tell you that... Uh, a lot of colleagues are uncomfortable when you dress in your African cloth. Um, it's, oh, yeah. And I have this guy on records, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, imagine. Anyways, I want no, to I, keep I, that No, there. I can, I can, I can, I can easily imagine. <laughs> I can easily imagine that happening and I'll, i'm gonna say to uh to everybody what i say to my daughter uh every time she says something interesting which is what do oh, i say to save you? it save it for the podcast save it for the podcast stop being interesting don't talk save to it me right now don't talk about this <laughs> save it for the podcast write it down <laughs> so quickly christine thank you for saving me at the beginning of this episode how are you doing i'm good yeah yes in spite of all things you're good in spite of two, almost two and a half feet of snow, yes. <laughs> Abdullah, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for sending me videos of your lovely children. Uh, and uh, I, I, I love, can I can I say what, uh, what yes, your son did? Or do you want to tell us what your son did? You can't do that. Uh, because you can't speak like white people. <laughs> well, what Jawad did is... <laughs> Uh, he has a beautiful video of Jawad saying that he wants to donate money to uh -huh. Palestine to help the children. 
and it was very very beautiful so it was it was nice but then abdullah the father said like he's not like his sister who didn't want anyone to know she was okay with keeping it a secret oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so, so Abdullah and I will have a conversation with him about zakat and the different levels of zakat. <laughs> he's, he's such a beautiful boy. Anyway, uh, Ame, how are you doing, my dear sir? Besides I'm being doing, both, I'm doing fine, thank you. In spite of uh, everything that is mm -hmm. happening, um, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I am. I can say I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you at the beginning. No, I mean, uh, right now for a lot of us, okay is is pretty good. You know, it's better yeah. than how we, we typically feel. Mm -hmm. Barra Roxanne, or as I like to call you, Roxy, how are you doing, sweetie? I'm doing I mean, good. I mean, um, uh, I shouldn't have called you sweetie. Um, I mean, um, uh, <laughs> wonder, wonderful, wonderful young academic. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, work coll colleague. Not yeah. bad. Just, uh, you know. Just work yeah, colleague. Work colleague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, description of today's episode, we're going to be talking about, despite the increasing support for Palestinians in Canada, the USA, UK, and a lot of other global North countries, we've seen it. We've seen the protests. How many people showed up in Ottawa? What was the, uh, the number? Oh, a hundred, over 100,000 people. Yeah, and I think London is consistently getting around awesome. half a million yeah. or something yeah. like that. Wow. It's, it's, oh my God. It's, it's so clear. And everything that comes out of the United States says that the vast majority want a ceasefire. The vast majority want to rethink relationships with a country that increasingly a younger generation, and we're seeing a divide, a younger generation, is whether they're calling it apartheid or they're calling it apartheid light, you know, yeah. whatever they're calling oh. it, they're they're saying that the, the, there's a problem here and we just can't continue this relationship with the way it is. But in spite of all of this clear support from the public, higher education continues to what I would describe as being quite an aggressive stance to dissuade and to punish students and some faculty in speaking out or debating anything that has to do with this subject. So the question today, and I'm gonna put this mostly on the shoulders of administration. So is the message from administration, is it neutral, truly in favor of impartiality, or do their actions speak to a commitment to the status quo and reflective of and look i'm not saying anything here that other people haven't said including white academics on a system a higher education system that was built on colonialism imperialism and white supremacy and this is look there there's evidence very clear evidence in the states for instance yeah. That a lot of these buildings were actually built by slaves, right? <laughs> built now they're openly saying, like, you know, here we're on they they give their opening speeches of where, you know, we some 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 universities are dumb enough to say we proudly sit on and then some indigenous land. Oh. Like, I don't I don't know why you're proud of that. <laughs> like, we've proudly taken this land. We've proudly taken yeah. this land. Yeah. Where, where they should be should be saying, like, we're <laughs> ashamed of the fact, <laughs> you know. So the, that is the question. We we see that that there is an influence. I strongly believe that in academia, 
taking the stand that I think is not an impartial stand, um, we see that there is a trickle effect um, on on other places of work, on other people. We talked a little bit in the last podcast about, you know, uh, you know, this kind of McCarthyism that is continuing, um, you know, just in a different form. It's not yeah. no longer about being communist. It's about being a sympathizer for uh, Muslims and terrorists interchangeably. Roxy, uh, let's talk a little bit about public figures that are clearly being targeted for their views. And uh, this is from this source is from the uh, Katie Helper show. I'm, I'm a new fan of Katie Helper. I've seen her a little bit, but I've been watching her show quite a quite a bit on YouTube. Student Sarandon has been dropped by her agency because you're not allowed to defend Palestinian human rights and um, be represented by whomever her agent is, UTA, I think, and apparently also wow. Kate Beckinsale. Wow. So shout out to both of them for being principled. Kate Beckinsale is also UTA. Melissa Barrera, the actress <laughs> Melissa Barrera, was dropped from the Scream franchise. And Maya Dakil was demoted at CAA, that agency. Tom Cruise apparently saved her. Art Forum fired its top editor. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom <laughs> Cruise is, is a, a, a hero, not only <laughs> not only on the screen in Mission Impossible, <laughs> but he's also a, a hero for people who have the audacity to speak up for yeah. human rights. <laughs> I think good for him. I mean that that he did. I would not it. expect Tom Cruise. That is, uh, I, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, good, good, good for him. Oh, it keeps uh, him in the news. It's proceed. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm I'm going to turn to you on this um, because I I know that you you love cinema. Mm -hmm. And um, and that you really are quite culturally aware of things that go on <laughs> on TV and in film. Yeah. What are you? What are your thoughts? You can start with Susan Sarandon, who has always been an amazing human being. Yeah. What are your thoughts? An advocate for human rights and and injustices that go on, you know, globally. And uh, so, on the one hand, I'm. I'm appalled. On the other hand, I'm not surprised that mm -hmm. that would have happened to her. First of all, um, the fact that, you know, she has been speaking uh, about that for a long time. And she even used that her platform um, many years ago, 25, maybe 30 years ago during the Oscar ceremony and whatever was going on at that time, she spoke out her and her then uh, partner, Tim Robbins. Mm -hmm. um, so, but on the other hand, I also think that they're dismissive in the, uh, the fact that she's a, an actress who is a certain age. So it's, you know, she's not bringing in, bringing in the box office, you know, successes as she used to um, back in the day, but um, no, it's, it's very dismissive and disrespectful and it's appalling. So and there'll be more, more to come, um, as we saw from that little clip um, or heard from that clip. Um, yeah. Anyone who's speaking out right now for um, Palestinian human rights is you know, being targeted. And we, we've seen this actually um, a lot post 9-11, which is a conservative response to whenever anybody in uh, in, in film, yeah. the film industry, anyone who an actor who who speaks out against the popular narrative is right away told shut up you're an actor 
Like yeah. no one cares about your political your opinion. opinion. Exactly. Unless exactly. it's a right wing nut yeah. <laughs> saying something that they like, yeah, exactly. you know, and then at that point they go, oh, look at this actor who is like, you know, who, who's right. defending our right wing policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, how impactful do you think uh, this is? I'm going to I'm going to ask this question to uh, to Abdullah. How, how impactful do you think it is for people seeing somebody like Susan Sarandon? being punished because that's what she's being she's being punished how do how do you think that impacts the larger society in in places like in the western world it it, it will it's a a way to silence others to say the their point of view Mm -hmm. it's a way just like if you don't have the same point of us you have to be quiet you can't say anything because we are the dominant. We have the power, and you are here like uh, as a member, and you have to obey what we say. It's again uh, to like to embrace the supremacy of the power, and the same as them talk. And, like if you don't talk like us, you have to shut up. Don't say anything. I I, I agree. I I think that there. I, I think I spoke in the last podcast. I can't remember about the South African um, anti-apartheid movement that was happening on campus in the uh, early eighties and mid eighties. I remember Sejep teachers. So that's in Canada. Sejep is college between high school. Uh, sorry, in Quebec only, the province of Quebec, between uh, high school and university. It's kind of like a mini university setting to prepare students either for trade job or to go on to university. So it's a lot of, it's a 17, 18, 19 year olds. There's a lot of challenging of ideas that go on in there. And, uh, and college professors we're, we're talking about South Africa without any, um, any backlash to be fair. The mm-hmm. conservative prime minister at the time, Brian Mulroney was also <laughs> talking against our apartheid. So that helped. But yeah. in the United States, and I'm curious uh, for um, Ame's perception of this, what was the name of the university you went to, Ame? Oh, uh, the undergrad, uh, it's in Benin. Mm. So when, I, when I came to Canada, I straight got to... to no, no, but what, uh, was the, what was the name of the university you went to? University Nationale du Benin. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm curious, when you were on campus... What was the 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 talk about apartheid in South Africa? Uh, it, we were in a communism regime back then, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely, uh, apartheid was being denounced, and I was one of the biggest biggest uh, <laughs> leaders of. Uh, I have always been uh, good, anyways. <laughs> so definitely, uh, uh, we were condemning uh, apartheid, uh, and uh, we aligned with uh, all countries uh, that were condemning uh, uh, apartheid back uh, back then. But remember, Benin is a very small, small, very small, very tiny country. So <laughs> Benin's voice uh, uh, really doesn't really mean anything, but at least uh, it was in that way. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I, I thank you for saying that because, you know, that is 
that's really what we're talking about here is voice. And, you know, as Abdullah said, whose voices are heard and whose are suppressed. Christine, you know, made the exact same comment. So I'm curious as to um, how much, how were you aware? I mean, you might not even know what I'm talking about now, but were you aware of Bruce Springsteen's guitar player, Little Steven, who at the time USA was still supporting an apartheid South Africa. And he put out a music video along with other artists and there were artists united uh, against apartheid and they yeah. put out a song thank you for saying yes they put out a song <laughs> uh called you know I, uh, I ain't gonna play sun city and so it was a protest of all yeah. these musicians <laughs> saying that they were going to boycott <laughs> sun city and they were not going to play in south africa until apartheid ended something that we're not allowed to say today right. we're not allowed to do that Right. No, no, no. I, I, I can't help, uh, Chris, uh, uh, I can't help uh, putting in parallel uh, both our situation and what's happening. Look, in taking the, I won't, I, I, I'm tempted to say the star person the, the, the person who is on top and use that person to send the lesson that the supremacist culture must be saved by all means, of course it has a chilling effect on people. Mm -hmm. I was, or I am, I was, I don't know, in my faculty, one of the biggest voice for uh, social justice. And I was tolerated until I realized actually I was victim of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. The minute I bring in the systemic racism uh, complaint, since I am a leader that spontaneously people follows in the faculty for any fight, I'm not the only one, I was not the only one, eh? we had, uh, but uh, generally my voice goes up against injustice, right? Mm -hmm. And people are there. Oh, let's send the lesson to everybody that this will not be tolerated. I, I And look at you, same thing. Susan Sarandon's uh, boycott or punishment uh, is in the same vein. And I want, I want us, Chris, uh, to write uh, that handbook of uh, yes. white supremacists <laughs> yes. because no, yeah. it's only, yeah. it, it's just a pattern. It's a it pattern. When it's got to the point where we, non-human being, because we are not considered human being, that's one thing that I want to point out. We are talking about Palestinian human rights. Who said that Palestinian can be human mm. to have a right? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> you also, I mean, who said blacks, BIPOC people 
can be human to deserve to have any right at all. I, I, you know, you're you're absolutely right in terms of you know from how I see things, and I, I don't think anyone on this I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I, I see a lot of heads nodding uh, in agreement with you. But the interesting thing that's happening in uh, you know in in Hollywood, I don't know what to call it, uh, you know, in that space is that you have a younger generation who is standing up to it. And so one of the names that they mentioned was uh, Melissa Barrera, uh, yep. and she was from the Scream fan franchise, right? Mm -hmm. From the, from the new movies yeah. that just came out. Yeah. yeah. And so can you tell us what uh, Jenna Ortega did, who was also uh, Jenna Ortega, for people that don't know who she is? She is she became extremely famous for her portrayal of Wednesday Adams in the netflix series and she just was amazing <laughs> in that and uh i think she is she american or is she mexican-american or is she mexican mexican-american she's mexican-american okay and roxy what did she do well she stepped down didn't she she yep. she stepped away from the scream franchise as well in yep. solidarity yeah with melissa yeah ma for what yeah. you and i are going through Who's yeah. stepping down in solidarity with us? Who's Actually, even BIPOC people <laughs> are given incentive yeah. to align with uh, the persecutor. Absolutely. Which will, ha which will happen in Hollywood, too, by the way. The same thing will happen yes, in Hollywood. Exactly. You, know? you, so, you mm -hmm. have these big names Oh. They write, they wrote against uh, uh, black discriminations. And, and here they are in the heart of the senior administration system mm -hmm. that systematically oppress their own people. But look at what the youth did. I know in my case and in your case, too, we had massive support from the youth, from the students. Oh, yes. Right? Massive oh, yes. support from them. So, the, so there, is, there is a difference. Roxy, can you play the next clip? So we'll move into people talking about academia. I don't know if we'll play the entire clip, but if you could uh, play the first one, we'll play the entire one. This is from uh, the podcast, uh, Useful Idiots, who also has Katie Helper in it. I'm becoming, again, I'm becoming a huge Katie Helper fan. So now they might, they're talking about shutting down, um, shutting down TikTok. When you keep lying to your people, when you keep trying to hide the truth so badly, they are going to look, there's going to be a void because you're no longer trusted. And this is what's happening. There is a void where the United Nations used to be. There is a void where all these media outlets used to be. There is a void where all these universities used to be. So people are going to start looking at other outlets. And now more than ever, they are susceptible to any kind of information you're going to give at them. They're susceptible to any kind of conspiracy. They're susceptible to any kind of a comment. And they're susceptible to hatred of mm -hmm. one another. And this is why what is happening right now, and this is something that I had said in the interview, the relationship between the United States and Israel is dangerous for the whole world. Mm -hmm. It's putting the whole world in jeopardy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. Um, people may not know if you're listening on the podcast uh, who the person is that is being interviewed by Katie Helper. 
This is a journalist from Egypt, and her name is uh, Rama Zain. And um, she is, Abdullah, are you familiar with her at all? No. Oh, okay. Uh, please then, if you could, Roxy, play the clip from CNN. I don't know if this clip is actually from CNN, but this is Rama, and I'm not going to say the name of the CNN journalist because I was so tired of seeing the description of Rama, who is known as being a, like a, she's she's not really, I don't think she claims to be a journalist herself. I think she more claims to be like an influencer more than a journalist. Mm -hmm. And her frustration is in the fact that she's looking at journalists that just aren't doing their jobs. And <laughs> her as a social influencer, and uh, Roxy can correct me uh, and say if she is actually a social influencer or not. But the way she's described in in this clip by all of the news media is basically as an angry woman. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is at the Rafa cross. This is at the Rafa crossing. Okay, but never her her name was never given. So I'm not going to give the name of the journalist from CNN. Okay. <laughs> Roxy, if you could play that, please. And we stand with the Palestinians, and we stand with Arabs, and they try and change the narrative because you own the narrative, see? This is our problem. You own the narrative. You own the United Nations. You own Hollywood. You own all these mouthpieces. Where are our voices? Our voices need to be heard as well. We've been watching your channels, and instead of mourning our dead, instead of mourning these Palestinian children, we've been having to deal with more dehumanization of Arabs. We've we ask you to condemn. Where are your condemnations? Where's your channel covering this? Cover this. Say the truth. We understand you're an employee. You're just a puppet. You're just about these. Come talk to me like a human being. Come talk to me like a Okay. <laughs> you know what? Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> oh my God. And and, wow. and and look, Ame, Abdullah, Christine, even my beautiful, fair-skinned, blue-eyed daughter <laughs> knows, knows that we could never express this kind of justifiable outrage in the academic situation. Mm -mm. We could never do it. Mm -mm. And and the, the the like she very clearly says when she talks about who owns the narratives and the spaces that are not doing anything. That's mm -hmm. right. She mentions Hollywood. She mentions the United yes. Nations, which clearly, yes, you know, United States sits on the oh, Security Council and yeah. can veto anything. She mentions universities yeah saying they're not doing their job and yeah. not doing their exactly. job they're not and yeah. can i can i just please. bring up a, a point please christina uh, i would i want to just say this second episode anytime you want to interrupt what i'm saying you just jump in there and you interrupt what i'm saying <laughs> that's the kind of real conversation we need right. to have all right. Mm -hmm. And when you're with me at home, you have no problem interrupting me and telling That's me That's true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to jump right in. Please. 
<laughs> if I compare, um, you know, like 40 years ago, 30 years ago, when we were allowed to speak out, you know, uh, the example given was apartheid. But now it seems to me with social media or the socials, as I like to call them, um, and the the cancel culture that came up a few years ago and that's still going on, right? I think that's the result of all these people getting punished, mm -hmm. um, not being able to speak out, you know, because that can cancel culture is still very much um you know, a part of the narrative today, mm -hmm. right? Oh, you can't say that on, on social media. You can't say this and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I think we, we dug our own graves in terms of, of that, you know, saying, oh, well, we're going to cancel that person for saying that 10 years ago or 12 years ago or however long. And now it's like, well, you know, we have that unspoken rule now. You can't say certain things. So um, it, it doesn't help. That's that's all I wanted to say about that. I, I you, you know you I mean uh, sorry you mean uh, self censure in one yes uh, uh, yeah and uh, you know it it it's uh, quite difficult, uh, Christine, in the sense that uh, we always face uh, aggressions mm -hmm. and to survive. Uh, those everyday aggressions, we choose the one we want to consider micro-aggressions mm -hmm. and uh, the one that finally we consider macro-aggressions. Yes. And uh, in order to live kind of a little bit balance in this toxic in this uh, not welcoming environment, uh, we adjust ourselves. It's, a, it's also a matter of self-protection in a way. I'm not saying that it's good or it's no. bad, yeah. but it's a kind of self-protection. Mm -hmm. For instance, the minute you go out and say, oh, what? I am experiencing here is a systemic racism. The, 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 the how do you call meut in uh, pack? The, mm. the, the pack automatically constitutes to say, what did you say? And you find yourself alone mm. in face of 10. 15, 20 wolves uh, who mm. have their mouth open to show you and uh, swallow you. Mm. So it, uh, this self-censuring is also a matter of survival method. Yeah. Yes. But I agree with you that going from survival to survival to survival to survival, <laughs> you ended up finishing all the resources of survival you have that when we turn, we face the problem and consider it as too macro aggression for us to keep quiet about. 
You know what I mean? So it's not easy for us. It's not easy for, look, look, Palestine, look at the Palestinian today. Okay, go on, go on. Sorry, go sorry. On, no, on, I, I, want, I want to get to, to I want to ask uh, Abdullah his his opinion on what he saw from um, from Rama. Just to, 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 to be clear, so I just looked her up. I should have done this before. She is an activist and she's a podcaster. So yes, she's a social influencer. Um, I, I have seen at the university context, people, white people speak with much more rage and passion mm-hmm. than Rama was expressing mm-hmm. over issues that were not life and death. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been, a, it would have been perhaps it's about a, pay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it would have yeah. been about money. It yeah. would have been about like um I don't know, like honestly, the 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 most rage-filled moment I've ever seen from a white faculty member um at the university oh, was a highly respected white guy who was flipping out, screaming, pointing and jabbing fingers over the what he considered to be a threat an administration threat of a faculty member not getting tenure like screaming mm-hmm. red in the face spitting angry everyone applauded the guy well he's allowed to everyone you know? applauded the guy no mm-hmm. one no mm-hmm. one looked at it as being a threat no now now abdullah you and i come from animated backgrounds <laughs> and i don't mean cartoons <laughs> abdullah what did you think when you saw Rama, keep in mind this is at the 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 Egyptian Palestinian border crossing. What did you think of uh, this Egyptian activist's response to CNN? But she, she can't say that because she's not in the West. She's allowed to say that because she's not in the West. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, like what she said is represents like the point of view of the people there. The, the Egyptians, the Palestinians, like the, the Middle Eastern in, in, in general. Uh, but if you are going to look at it like from different point of view, if we, if you want to be fair in the West about like, uh, about this point, about the Palestinian-Israeli uh, issue, we have to let the Palestinians talk for themselves and the Israeli talk for themselves, and then we can decide. And this is like uh, this is from the, from the Muslims' point, uh, like ways of knowing. Mm. If you are a judge and you have to open it, you have to listen to both of them before saying your opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, you are not fair. In mm-hmm. the West, we are silencing everything related to the F. Mm-hmm. And if uh, and you are welcome to condemn anything, okay, that targets Israel. But mm-hmm. uh, if if you are criticizing, criticizing Israel, if you are criticizing what they are doing there, okay, so you are not condemning what happened in on on October seventh. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody will condemn anything related to to targeting civilians. Nobody will accept this. But at the same time. Look what happened before that and after that. Exactly. And now we are hearing about uh, 
like Israel is releasing like children from their uh, right. from from the prison. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Why do they have children? Yeah. So if you are going to talk about this in the West, oh, you have to talk as we do. Yes, but they're yeah, not even. But they're the media isn't even calling them children. Mm -mm. They call them minors, minors. or seventeen minors. and younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventeen and younger. They yeah. can't call yeah. them children. They can't yeah. call them children. Well, you can't yeah. humanize them. You humanize can't. them, right? No, exactly, exactly. The, the, the humanization tactic is present at all the level, all the level. The I I. I pointed out the last in the last podcast uh, how the mainstream media at least uh, talk about uh, what is happening. They won't be talking about uh, Israel, uh, uh, Tzal, uh, killing uh, Palestinians. No, they will call it Israel Hamas mm. war. Because yeah. Israel dehumanizes, dehumanizing totally, totally Yes. the victim, the real victims of what Israel is doing to Palestinians today. Because Palestinians, like I said, who, who told you Palestinians are human beings <laughs> who deserve to have a right? Mm. Come on, people, wake up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it's 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 a it's beyond Palestinians too, right? We all know that. Yes. We all know that it, the Arabs, Iranians, Black Africans, like oh yeah, none of them. I mean, like all of us grew up. Well, not all of us, uh, two or younger, <laughs> but you know, with the Vietnam Vietnam War and seeing uh -huh. you know outrageous things on television, and then the uh, media and the uh, military and the governments learned to hide that. You know, mm -hmm. and they learned to hide that because, you know, you you weren't allowed to see horrible sites and we're only no. allowed to see some horrible sites, not all horrible sites. And they are yeah. horrible. Like, uh, you know, they 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 are horrible on 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 both sides. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that we, we know that. And Abdullah, next time you use the term uh, Muslim ways of knowing and you don't trademark it or copyright it and <laughs> pay me three cents yeah. every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right there's, there's gonna be trouble uh, all right agreed, three, cents, agreed. three cents every time you use the term it's not a monetize this it's <laughs> <laughs> gotta be a way to make which money is, off of which this. is exactly the point of that chapter yeah <laughs> how do i make money off of, of muslim suffering <laughs> oh boy oh boy okay so I, I love what what uh, what Rama had to say, and she's she's right. I mean, more more people are turning to social media, and you can't mm -hmm. complain about what they're looking at on social media yeah. because all these other sites, like universities, yeah. are yeah. not fulfilling their obligation. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's 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 and it's worse than just not fulfilling their obligation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I know I know Abdullah is uncomfortable in his university classes, and I love the department that he's in. I do. I love. I love the department that he's in. I had a. I had a. You know. I experienced microaggressions and racism when I was going there. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing that I couldn't kind of like work through. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But but I know what Abdullah is going through in terms of and Christine as well in terms of not being able to say what they truly believe. Yeah. Not being able to put facts on the table. They're, they can't. They're not allowed to. Like you said, Ame, they are self-censoring. So now let's look at some examples of people who are not self-censoring 
and see what the reactions are. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. first person we're going to talk about is, and I'm sorry, Abdullah, I am going to pronounce this name in um, in a in, in a way that's more familiar to me. Arij Al Khafaji. Is that how I pronounce your name? Arij Al Khafaji. Khafaji. Okay, so I went to Iranian, right, with my pronunciation. Who's that? Who's Khafaji. That? Yeah, I guess this. Arij Al Khafaji. I guess if she has Al, I guess we got to go with your interpretation. I, I know her first name is Arij, but the last Arij, name I'm yeah. not sure. I'm trying to find. Well, Arij. she has Al there, so you win, and your pronunciation. <laughs> okay, I so... can I can say it in white face. <laughs> Khafaji. Okay, so she was recently suspended from the Bachelor of Nursing's programs at the University of Manitoba's program. She has received a five-year reprimand on her academic transcript. She is, by all accounts, an exemplary student. She's the president of the Nursing Students Association. And she was harshly disciplined for her social media posts she made, which were critical of Israel's violence against Palestinians. And they, oh, oh, damn, it says she's an Arab student. Oh, no, you totally win. Okay, so... So they have absolutely no concern. It's written here, no concern by this. Uh, this is this is by the way, this information is on a support on a site in support of her for uh, for signatures in support of her, and they talk about how they felt no concern for her trauma as an Arab student on the mm-hmm. campus because again, this is very much a part of a divide and conquer mentality. Yeah. If you are, if you, and and this is quite frankly, this is racist. And we hear this all the time from organizations like Independent Jewish Voices, um, Jews for Peace, uh, the 15,000 rabbis that was the most beautiful site I've ever seen who showed up to discuss the difference of uh, between Zionism and Judaism. 15,000 rabbis in a beautiful site, like having a discussion that universities will never have. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Discussing the difference between Judaism and Zionism. Zionism. And we are we are constantly being told that a 18 or 19 year old Jewish student in Canada or in the United States is so deeply connected by what's happening in Israel with potentially no family relations there whatsoever. <laughs> but for Abdullah, if he says, I feel mm-hmm. for what's happening to Palestinians, Automatically, mm-hmm. they go from from him being a monolith, yes, to being Syrian. They'll go, "You're not Palestinian, you're Syrian." Well, they don't want people to make connections. No, they don't, and it's always up to whiteness yeah. to decide whether yeah, or not there's always. a connection or yeah. there's no connection. Yeah. Well, either we're all one thing or we're all we're all separated. You know, exactly. exactly. And and the putting separating things actually helps the system helps of the statu quo because if you let the, the people connect then it becomes a real human network you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then it goes out of their control yeah exactly so it's it, you we have to write about this handbook <laughs> 
Christopher. We have to. This is this is this is going to be a constant thing. It's going to be me saying to everybody, like, save it for the next podcast. Save it for the next podcast. <laughs> and I may say we need to write about this, Christine. Yeah. What you can do is you can say we should write a song about it. Oh. <laughs> Abdullah, what's going to be your thing? I think. Poetry. <laughs> poetry. We'll say poetry for you. <laughs> Do you like poetry? Uh, my brother, they are poets. There you go. So you, you will say we have to write a poem about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good in that. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, this is this is it's clearly a university saying to this person, you are not allowed to have any feelings <laughs> about it. Yeah. No, I told no, Christine and Abdullah, you are more Arab than I am. <laughs> I only have a small percentage. I'm mostly Iranian. But I can't help but look at the images that I see. And by the way, for people that don't know, um, you know, the Arab population is an like the Iranian population is very, very diverse in yeah. terms of what people look like, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and but I, I I can't help but look at those images and think of my own children. Yes, me too. Um, especially I think of Abdullah's kids when I look at those pictures. Yeah. Uh, especially I do. I mean, there's there. I, I I know that this is something that has caused a little bit of a criticism on social media. There have been a lot of photographs which I th which I look at and it just kills me to look at of mm -hmm. little Palestinian children who are cut, bruised, broken bones, lost their entire family, mm -hmm. covered mm -hmm. in dirt, and they're holding on to the last member of their family, which is a cat. A, yeah, There are yeah. tons of those pictures. The cat looks petrified, is holding on to the little child. The child yeah. is holding on to this last, and I, and I can't help but think of Jawad, your son, whenever I see those pictures, because he's such an animal lover. Yeah. And it just, it kills me. But I know I will be told that my connection with Palestinians isn't real because I'm not Palestinian. Yeah. Because they're trying to, they're trying to separate us all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing with the student. But exactly. we are not looking at the, this issue from like being Palestinian, from being Iranian, from being American. We are looking at it and examining it from being a human. We are, but they're not. Exactly. We but are. they're not. They have to. But they're not. Yes. They're, they're, but they're, but they're not, not doing it. That's the problem. Can, right? can, I, can I honestly... Dehumanizing like, it. Yeah, uh, Christine, um, Amey, uh, Abdullah, you know, Roxy, we were all raised to look at white life as being supreme life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were whether it was through movies, whether it was through literature, we were all raised to empathize with the predominant uh character whether it was in the news, whether it was in a book, whether it, that was white. Even advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So so like I can't disconnect that feeling. I was yeah. raised with it. But I but the only reason why I have any kinds of feelings of humanity towards BIPOC is because I'm a member of the BIPOC community. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, 
that means to be denied your humanity mm. constantly. And that's the, that's the issue, you know. When constantly you are denied your humanity, your integrity, personal integrity, yeah. at some point, you say, okay, I lost everything. I want to stand up now and die up if I have to die. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And, we, and we'll see this in the next one. Um, yeah. The next one, because we're going to see something that really, I personally think, really bothers white academia. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is so, look, it's already difficult enough for Abdullah or Christine, you know, for Abdullah to say, I'm Syrian. And of course, I am affected and concerned by Palestinian rights. Or for Christine mm-hmm. to say, I'm part Moroccan. Mm hmm. Of course, I'm concerned. My God, though, what happens mm-hmm. when somebody completely outside of that group, like M.A., as a black man, mm-hmm. born in Benin, speaks on behalf of another BIPOC community? It causes, I think, yeah. like more outrage amongst the white yeah. community because yeah. now it's BIPOC to BIPOC. White is not exactly. centralized. White is not centralized as the disseminator, yeah. as the filter. Roxy, can you please play the next video? And this is from CTV News, which I think is an incredibly biased station, by the way. It is. <laughs> I agree. Abdullah can't even bring himself to watch CTV or CBC or CNN. He's like, for mental health, he just doesn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> suspended after allegations of anti-Semitic comments, but a petition is calling for his reinstatement, calling the suspension censorship. CTV's Leah LaRock joins us with more. Leah. Patricia, the university says a medical resident was suspended temporarily pending an investigation, but reaction has been swift on campus, largely in favor of Yipang Ji's right to free speech. On campus, support is growing for a student who was suspended after allegedly posting pro-Palestinian messages on social media. I think that's really unfair. I, think he, I don't think anybody should be censored that way. Yipang Ji, a fourth-year resident in public health and preventative medicine, disciplined. It isn't clear exactly why, but many say it's for supporting the Palestinian cause and being critical of Israel online. He's censored and suspended. I find that's absolutely terrible, especially at a university, a place that's supposed to respect academic freedom, a place that's supposed to respect you know, the discussion of different ideas. In a statement to CTV News, the university confirms that they did receive complaints about a medical resident's alleged breach of standards of the Faculty of Medicine as well as the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons standards, but it does not name G directly. Ottawa also didn't explain the reason for the suspension. In a blog post, a Faculty of Medicine member calling G's social media posts anti-Semitic. The Jewish Federation agrees with the university, saying it comes in a context of a rise of anti-Semitism. The worst wave wow. of anti-Semitic hate crimes and violence in generations. We're hearing um, a great deal of stories from students who are feeling threatened, and it's really important that authorities across Canada get this right and pay attention. G's wow. lawyer confirmed his suspension, but says they won't be commenting. Meanwhile, a petition now has more than 70,000 signatures calling for G's reinstatement. 
hopefully people can band together here and maybe get that uh, that person reinstated. I think that uh, freedom of expression is a right that should be respected, especially here on campus, because we're like an academic institution. Um, so it's important that we have the place to talk and freely. The university says a committee will look into the situation. And oh, come boy. Up with a committee. Oh, a committee. And benefit. Oh, we're scared now. Oh, a committee. Okay, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Cut it. <laughs> Got it. As soon as I heard about it, as university as, committee, I mean, like my. As if, as yeah. if it were a committee who's a yeah. team. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm on the bottom floor of my house, so I won't even cause myself any damage if I jump out of the window. <laughs> and and this, this wasn't the first time that I've heard where where students or members of faculty have been disciplined in, on different campuses, different universities, and saying how the um, Jewish population, however, feel uncomfortable. Uh, hello, really? how about uh, Arab students feeling I mean, like, uncomfortable I, I, I really, for the last 50 years? I mean, it's, it's, okay, how many Muslims have been killed in Canada from hate crimes? Right. We have we have like um, what do we have? We have the mosque massacre in Quebec City. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the uh, the family in London, Ontario, that mm -hmm. was run down. Mm -hmm. But two hate crimes, by the mm -hmm. way, the one in Quebec City. I mean, it was argued that that wasn't really a hate crime, oh. that he was mentally unstable. So it it's always, always becomes, that, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it becomes it's not yeah, a hate exactly. crime, you know, when yeah. when it's perpetrated by by a white person. What are we seeing right now? We're going to get to the next story of the three uh, Palestinian American right. students who were shot in Vancouver. We no, have the sorry, uh, Vancouver, Vermont, Vermont. right? It's a V. We have <laughs> <laughs> we have the <laughs> we have the you have the the precious little boy who was stabbed yeah. to death by his landlord neighbor, yeah. Yeah. who yeah. ran to embrace him. Because they had played together so often and then got stabbed to death. Mm -hmm. And then he saw his mother getting stabbed mm. and he died. These, yeah. these, these are the incidents we actually like have where death is occurring, where like, yeah, and, and yet. But you're not allowed to care about it. You're not allowed to no, care about it. You don't want you to care about it. No, no. No, so no. so here we have Dr. G, who I think is committing the a, a real sin in white academia, which is daring to be a member, a visible minority member, speaking no. about the oppression of another visible. Minority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. BIPOC's unity is not uh, welcome at all. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what we are doing uh, we are adding uh, to to the sins we have committed uh, being bypass people now we are trying to create a unity among bypass it's even worse you know <laughs> You know, no, no one believes me. I, 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 I don't mean the people sitting here uh, in this in this podcast right now, but no one believes me when I say um, I've always argued against the word triggered. I'm not like a big fan of trigger warnings. I never have mm -hmm. been uh, because, like you know, the kind of teaching that I do is always kind of more open ended. Sometimes things will come up that may like be upsetting, but that's learning, right? Learning can mm, yeah. be can be upsetting sometimes. 
And yeah. I, I've said to people more and more recently that I have experienced in Canada attempted murder, uh, hate crimes, violent, violent hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And yet I could much more easily get over that than I can the treatment uh, that I've received in higher education. Mm-hmm. And I find as soon as I heard, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but as soon as I heard that a committee was being put together, that triggered me. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Because this is the way to sanctify, you know, yeah, that's what, a, they, they do. That's what they oh, do. You know, it's not just the president who made this decision. It's a committee. You mm. understand what I mean? Oh. Like, yes, like the same way, oh, it was an independent investigation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that must be kept confidential, M.A. Yes, of course. It has to be confidential. Nothing is allowed to come out of it. Okay? <laughs> it's got to be confidential. No accountability. Abdullah, you gotta, no you gotta add, this, add this to the book. You gotta save it for the book. Save it for the yeah. book. Let's write a book. song about that. I'm gonna write a song about that. We need a poem. Abdullah, a poem right now. We need a poem. Yeah, we're gonna write a poem. But, but our, here, our, our, our handbook, okay? Yeah. But here, okay, I, I'm I'm looking at Ame, I'm looking at Abdullah, I'm looking at Christine, and all I'm thinking about is our premier of Quebec, Legault. Mm who at the same university, it's in a different province, and he was so concerned with a part-timer, not, or, well, I, I don't know if she received a punishment. I don't even know if she received the punishment because students complained about her using the N-word in her class. Oh. And Legault made such a big deal about academic freedom yeah. and, the ability, and for the ability for a part-timer to use yeah. the N-word in yeah. her class. But yet he's yeah. totally silent on, on, doc, on Dr. G being, yeah. you know, being suspended. Oh, no. yeah. Totally yeah. silent. Yeah, of course. What, what message does that send from our politicians? What message does that send from our universities? And now when we go to what message does that send to the general public? We will go to the latest incident that has occurred. Uh, Farah Roxanne, if you could play that, please. Since Hisham Ortani enrolled at Brown University, he's spent Thanksgiving at his grandmother's house in Burlington, Vermont, just a few hours away. His uncle lives next door, and it's a place that Hisham, you see here with his parents, has visited since he was a little boy. This year, the 20-year-old was joined by two lifelong friends. One of them is Kinan Abdel Hamid, who's a student at Haverford College in Pennsylvania. You see him there, he runs track. Here he is on the right with Hisham when the two boys were at a model United Nations event at their American Friends School, Quaker School in Ramallah in the West Bank. The other friend is Tassin Ali Ahmed, a student at Trinity College in Connecticut, all three of Palestinian descent. On Saturday, they went bowling for a birthday party for Hisham's twin cousins who turned eight. Afterwards, they went for a walk around the neighborhood, just a quintessentially American scene in the best sense. These young men with astoundingly bright futures and global roots spending a Thanksgiving holiday break in New England away from their demanding schoolwork, laughing with friends and family. And then it turned into a quintessentially American scene in the worst sense. They had gone just a few blocks when a white man in a hoodie approached them. They moved to get out of his way, but the man pulled a pistol and started firing without saying a word. Anon was shot in the glute area and was released from the hospital today. Tassin was shot in the chest. Hisham was shot through his clavicle and the bullet lodged in his spine. According to his mother, he may not be able to walk again and has a long recovery. 
Now, we don't know much about the intent of the shooter. We do know that at the time when the three friends were shot, the two were wearing traditional Palestinian scars, kafiyas, and they were speaking a combination of Arabic and English. Mm-hmm. Suspect, a 40-year-old white male, has been arrested and charged with three counts of attempted murder, and local police and the FBI are investigating the possibility it was a hate crime. Rich Price is Hisham Ortani's uncle, who he was visiting. Okay, with let's, let's, let's stop it there. Now. Uh, um, Rich, thank you so much. I mean, it's it's worth watching. Um, <sighs> what's what's interesting is that uh, his his uncle is white because he's half Irish, yeah. um, half Palestinian, and the the uncle gives a very impassioned uh, talk. Um, he mentions that his nephew, um, even though he's paralyzed, this poor baby is paralyzed, and his and his nephew is still saying in a written statement that his uncle says that. He wants everyone to realize if this happened to him in Palestine, he'd be dead. Mm. And that nothing would happen to the Israeli soldier that shot him. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing would have happened mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And this poor baby is still thinking of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> so they're guilty of being Arab while walking, while speaking a mixture of Arabic and English. I don't think Americans can tell the difference between Farsi or yeah, exactly or Arabic. I we know that actually for a fact. I wrote about that like many years ago. They can't tell the difference when it comes to hate crimes and wearing the kufiya. Which, by the way, I just want to emphasize to listeners who don't know, a kufiya is not always a political statement. No. It's a piece piece of clothing. Worn throughout West Asia and what is known as the Middle East. So what if it is? What <laughs> no, if exactly. it is? Yeah. the 1970s. Yeah. yeah, we have kufiyas in Iran and we, you know, there are kufiyas Syria. Do they have kufiyas in Syria? Abdullah, before I open my big mouth. They have similar. Yeah, we, it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, even, it's, again, yeah, even if it was a political statement. Yeah. You're allowed. Apparently That's not. Sophia is I mean, after the 1938, yeah, I know. I know. Sophia became Sophia becomes the, the symbol for the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Of course, to spread their identity. Yeah, it, it, it is just when the the guy was 49, I think, who 48 or 49, a white guy who who did it, and uh, when the police showed up at his house, he basically made the statement of like, "What took you so long?" And mm-hmm. uh, and apparently he has pleaded not guilty, by the yeah. way. Yeah. The alleged shooter. I don't know why I care about that. I'm in Canada. I can say he's the shooter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. exactly. so, but let's say the <laughs> it's, alleged. It's, what, it's, it's an alleged hate <laughs> the, crime because like what else could it be? Oh, alleged? I mean, yes. The that police, is what. The, yeah. That, that also came out too. Farah, can you talk about that a little bit? The alleged aspect of it, of the hate crime? Oh, I mean, just that they call it an alleged hate crime, which is what always happens when someone who is white obviously goes in and attacks or hurts or shoots or kills people of a specific BIPOC community. It is never, this is a hate crime. It's always, well, we don't know. Maybe it's mental illness. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't mean to. Maybe. He's unwell. He's yeah. unwell. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. even the attacks, by the way, on synagogues, which is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. But the automatic assumption is that it must be a Muslim who did it. Yeah. As opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to, the massive amount of white supremacists exactly. who are looking at an opportunity yeah. to do something, yeah. you know, but it has to be, it has to be a Muslim that, that does something like this. It, it, you know, it can't be a white supremacist mm-hmm. and an atmosphere that we have clearly created to say, go for it, to do it. 
Yeah. Because you get an out, even if you do it, what what's going to happen to you? You know, yeah. they're all, you're allowed to just claim that you have, it's a, it's a mental illness thing and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't, I don't know. You know, we have, we have parents here, um, except for one daughter who is refusing to give us a grandchild. Oh we God. have, <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have parents. Here. I, I know, I know that my mother, you know, still says to me, if I am wearing something like a kufia, she will tell me not to wear it in public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she fears for you. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. And I always like, I always bug her and I go, Mom, you're always the one telling me to wear a scarf because you don't want me to. She threatens me, by the way. Iranian mothers threaten you. (laughs) They say, God help you if you get a cold. Yeah. I don't know know if that's an Arab thing. Is that only an Iranian thing, Abdullah? It's only Iranian? (laughs) Did your mom threaten you if you get sick and you don't listen to her? God help you. Yes. Oh, she does. Okay. So it's it's a general thing of like God I'll help cause... you because I won't. Yeah, exactly. No, it's all <laughs> cause you more suffering if you catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even I can't even use that. She'll she she really is frightened. She's very frightened. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm 57 years old. Mm-hmm. No, wait, I'm not. I'm 56. Cut that, cut that. I'm 56 <laughs> years old. <laughs> And she's still frightened. So, Abdullah, you've got three beautiful young children. What are you going to say to them? No. Mm. The same. You'll say, don't wear it. No. Oh, oh uh, you're saying, God help you. <laughs> God help you. God help you. No, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Yeah. I am like, it's their choice. It's their choice to wear it or not. I'm. If they are going to have it, I'm just gonna like ask them to be careful. So I mean, like what we're seeing honestly is a bit of a generational difference, eh? Because I handed out kufias to my three kids. And you were like, get out there, go surround me in a circle. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, I mean, you know we love human shields. So <laughs> but yeah, but but yeah, I handed the kufias out. Of course, my mom got mad at me. For doing that she said why did you give it to them and i was like yeah. you know because it's uh, it's really good in the cold it'll protect them they won't catch yeah. you <laughs> these poor these poor three poor boys i mean like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you know what i'm i'm gonna say it no one has to agree with me but i blame the politicians and i blame the media mm-hmm. yeah and i blame universities yeah yeah i blame yeah. them all I, I blame them. They are a part of these yes. three kids getting shot. Yeah, it gives, it gives yeah. people who believe in that the power to do yeah, what exactly. they do because they know they're going to be backed up by all these yeah. other powerful voices. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I don't care if he has a mental illness. Yeah, like, I don't care, you know, because whatever it is, you're fueling that aspect of his mental illness yeah. to yeah. do something yeah. like this. Yeah. You're fueling it. Yeah. And and those three, those three. Uh, instances that you mentioned, politicians, media, and universities are actually the the massive illusion sellers. And when you sell illusions constantly, the reality ended up being brutal, you know? Mm -hmm. 
that's what uh, I can say to the, the, as maybe as a conclusion for my conclusion. For well, I, actually, let's conclude with you know the question of you know what loyalty should anti-racists actually have to an institution? I have a final clip for us to discuss that I okay. I think wraps things up beautifully. Right. Roxanne, oh, you do. All those of you with gowns and caps. We're going to go straight to that gate and we're going to deposit these because they are nothing to us. A little over a week ago, more than one month in to a bare, unrelenting genocide on the Palestinian people of Gaza, Colombia, faced with a slew of options, of ways of divesting from its complicity in genocide, turned its gaze towards the loudest voices for liberation in Palestine on this campus with one goal, to silence them. Now I say that I'm a proud alum because I situate myself in a lineage of courageous organizers who have fought for freedom in Palestine and the world over for many generations. You are in a lineage of student organizers who just won't quit. Mm -hmm. In the late 1960s and 70s, students rose up for black liberation, for civil rights, and joined a massive anti-war movement against the war in Vietnam. You are in that lineage. us 
You can suspend SJP and JVP, but Palestine lives. Palestine lives. Palestine lives. Palestine lives. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you know that these universities, by the way, these same administrators, administrators, are have monetized the uh, the protests that happened in the past, saying, "Look how amazing this university is." Yeah. Our students were oh. radical. They yes. marched against South Africa apartheid. Such and cowards! Yet, yeah, oh and, and they are such cowards. They are yeah. all years, years, cowards. years later. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to add to that. Does no. anyone else have any concluding thoughts? I, I think that she's that, that, that by the way, that was that was from uh breakthrough news. Um, I have discovered over my frustration of um corporate media uh going to YouTube and finding a lot of different news agencies that are being a lot that's more authentic. a lot more authentic. So that's through breakthrough news. I I don't know what else to add. I think there is no nothing more to add. No. <laughs> Abdullah. <laughs> Anything, my friend? No, she summarized everything. Uh, we have to speak up. Yeah. And, we have to uh, say something. Yeah. Uh, you can't, human, you can't yeah. be silent. It's no. And, and, not related to being Arab, Muslim, or anything. It's related to being a human. Yeah, exactly. Humans over institutions. Humans yes. yeah. over institutions. Over institutions. Yeah. Yes. Christine, anything to add? Same. Humans yeah. over institutions always. Yeah. Farrah Roxanne, do you want to say anything about social media or do you have anything to add? Uh, for social media, I'll just say that you can find uh, the BIPOC AC website at BIPOCAC.org and also BIPOC AC on Instagram. And a final thing to add, I'm just, I'm really impressed with some university students who are like just how brave they're being speaking up against the institution that they're in. You know, it's, it's really, as awful as everything is that's happening right now, it has also been really, really nice seeing so many people also stand up and speak out against it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Lovely. Yeah. Love, yeah. You, love you all. Save okay, it Save it for the next podcast. Bye. Save it for the next episode. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Oh,